Hi, welcome to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm your host, Tom Nielsen. Well, gang, it's time to do a little playing around. Our topic of the day is boy toys. And I mean that in the simplest, most innocent, PG-rated sense. So don't get your knickers up in a bunch. We're taking a little stroll down memory lane to look at old toys. You know, playthings that we remember from childhood. Well, anyway, let's get on with our story. The very first toys I can remember were things like a wind-up jack-in-the-box. No doubt left over from those very first days of babyhood. And wooden building blocks, which to this day gets me wondering whether they were store-bought or actually made by my old man in his basement workshop. These blocks were all shapes and sizes, and they provided hours of fun in which I constructed castles, high-rises, dairy farms, you name it. Speaking of wooden blocks, I also had another set of figures that went by the name of Bill Ding. These were a set of about nine four-inch high, colorfully painted wooden men in the shape of clowns, which could be stacked as high as you could manage. In some cases, you could stack them in a human pyramid, and in other situations, if you really had a steady hand, you could stack them in a single column, standing on each other's shoulders, sort of like today's Jenga puzzle games. As I got older, I graduated to other toys that required a little bit more imagination. Back in the 1950s, one of Walt Disney's early black and white TV series was a show starring Fess Parker as Davy Crockett. Davy, Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. Well, just like today, the show spawned a whole bunch of promotional merchandise that was marketed to kids in our local toy stores. And I can remember having at least two of these items that I had in my toy box. One was a plastic version of Davy Crockett's coonskin hat. Now, other kids I knew actually had something that looked more like the real thing, with simulated animal fur. But my parents figured that I could make do with a plastic simulation, so that's what I got. It was rather chintzy looking, and when you wore it, the soft plastic completely enveloped your scalp, so your head wound up getting rather sweaty underneath. Ew. The other Davy Crockett item I had was a set of two old-fashioned musket pistols, which worked as single-shot cap guns. They were pretty good replicas, as I recall. So if you ever wanted to travel back in time to the 1800s, that'd be perfect if you ever wanted to fight at the Alamo. Remember the Alamo! One of the other toys that was no doubt inspired by a Disney show was a small ukulele. This, I think, was probably because of my interest in the original Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> in which host Jimmy Dodd usually entertained the Mouseketeers by singing and playing the guitar. So my ukulele was supposed to be a smaller toddler version of his regular full-size guitar. Of course, this was just the first of many musical items I would eventually have, which included a toy piano, a flute, a xylophone, a kazoo, a small electric chord organ, and eventually a real acoustic guitar in my teenage years. None of which I ever really learned to play very well, uh, perhaps with the exception of the kazoo. Like many young boys of that era, I also had a set of toy soldiers. But unlike my friends who had plastic soldiers, 
I actually had a set that was made out of plaster, thanks to a gift from my older cousin who'd outgrown them and later joined the real Army Reserves. But one thing I did not have was a G.I. Joe. I just didn't have any interest in playing dress-up with a male action figure. <laughs> Although, years later in my adult years, I did happen to acquire a few historical action figures, namely Benjamin Franklin and Albert Einstein. But unlike Barbie and Ken, these didn't come with interchangeable outfits. They just sat on my bookshelf in a place of honor. Speaking of war toys, Somewhere along the line, I think maybe after my kid brother was born, we also acquired a three-foot-long plastic replica of a Sherman tank. Now, this tank actually fired little plastic projectiles, which were always turning up in the oddest places. One time, I could swear I found one in my mother's pot of spaghetti and meatballs. Uh-oh. That was a rather bloody battle, I tell you. Spaghetti sauce all over the kitchen. <laughs> looked like the real thing, you know? As I got older, my interests broadened and I started doing artistic things. So my parents gave me one of those paint-by-number watercolor kits. This one had a picture of that famous TV artist John Nagy on the box cover. In case you didn't know, John Nagy was the original baby boomer version of Bob Ross way back in the 1950s. His show, Learn to Draw with John Nagy inspired countless young kids like myself to take brush in hand and express our inner artistic talents. Unfortunately for me, the one thing about those paint-by-number sets was that I could never quite get the hang of painting inside the lines. I guess my eye-hand coordination wasn't the best in those days. But later, this artistic interest found a new outlet when the old man brought home a brand new Etch-a-Sketch, which had a red plastic frame, two knobs, and a silver screen, coated on the inside with fine particles of aluminum powder. The object was to manipulate the two knobs, kind of like adjusting the horizontal and vertical hold on your TV set, to create very boxy-looking drawings. You could make all the squares and rectangles you wanted, but creating circles and curves was another thing. The Etch-a-Sketch just wasn't designed for doing curves. It was almost impossible, in fact, unless you had the patience of Job and some really outstanding eye-hand coordination. But despite this drawback, I entertained myself for hours on the Etch-a-Sketch, cranking out maps, floor plans, and other artwork that all used squares and rectangles to their best advantage. Kind of makes me wonder whether I should have gone into the field of architecture instead of communications. <laughs> Speaking of which, another toy I had as a kid was actually something my mother had brought home from one of her jobs. She had been working in a dentist office as an assistant. So one day she presented me with a shiny silver drill that the dentist used to fill cavities. I guess the dentist no longer had any use for this particular tool, so he gave it to my mother as a souvenir. Now again, this could have turned into another possible career path for me. But unfortunately, there's only so much pretend dental procedures you could do on your stuffed animals. So I soon lost interest in that toy. Aww. What else did I have in my toy box? Well, there were a few other assorted items, like a two-foot-long wooden bowling alley complete with miniature bowling pins and metal ball bearings that you use to knock down the pins. 
I also had a miniature plastic pinball machine, which some people call a bagatelle. And like many other kids, I also had a magic set with all sorts of tricks and feats of illusion. Presto changeo, abracadabra. And then there were the puppets. After seeing an early Disney movie called Darby O'Gill and the Little People, which was a story about leprechauns, I begged my parents to buy me a little rubber hand puppet of the King of the Leprechauns. Funny thing is, this movie was set in Ireland, but starred Scottish film star Sean Connery in his early pre-James Bond period. So what was a good Scottish lad doing on the wrong side of the water? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, this was just the first of a series of puppets that I entertained myself with in those childhood days. Boys will be boys. And finally, gang, do you remember Howdy Doody? Say, kids, what time is it? Howdy Doody time! Well, I had one of those replica Howdy Doody puppets that sat in your lap and functioned like a ventriloquist dummy. Trouble is, I must have gotten one of those defective models. The dummy was always talking back to me. Like, for example, one day I told Howdy, I don't need you, you know. I can be funny without a puppet. And Howdy, without missing a beat, sassed me right back and said, Hey, Buster, you ain't funny with a puppet. Okay, then. You've been listening to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm Tom Nielsen with my little wooden friend. Okay, Mr. Smith and... And so on, kid. See you next time. Hi, this is Tom Nielsen. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're invited to hear more of our episodes at A Look Behind and Rewind. And feel free to share our link with friends, family, and others, as well as following us on buzzsprout.com, Apple, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts.